Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. It's Joey and Paul. Good afternoon. How you doing, man? I'm fine, thanks. You good? Yep. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's Friday afternoon, little catch up, Paul and I, sipping coffee, the Panavore coffee. Big shout out to those guys. They're holding down through lockdown, still open, still providing the goods. Um, I felt the need to take a photo of the cafe when I was there today, picking up the coffee for the show, because I'm like, man, small business. Mm-hmm. Lockdown's just been extended. Whatever. I feel like I say that every time we jump on the podcast. I don't want to blab <laughs> on about it again. But, you know, you, you, you see the small businesses and then you see the ones that are closed at the shops and you're like, fuck, there's people that are hurting. As I told me, he went and got the Joey special this morning. Did he? Yeah. He had a big smile on his face when I saw him. <laughs> didn't mention it? He didn't. Well, it was written on his face. Did he like it? He loved it. He said, oh, that, as he says in his accent, oh, that, that was some sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best, yeah. I mean, it's just a fucking egg sandwich with some other stuff. But I don't know if they have it on the menu item as a Joey now, but I just, when I used to go in there, it took a long time where I'd have to say, can I get the egg sandwich with the avocado on the ham? And now I, I just, they, they say, actually, do you want the usual? I say, yeah, give me the usual. So good. Closest memory I have of, of that happening was um, back at Glebe at Forest Lodge. There was James, the Chinese family who owned the fish shack. It was a fish and chip shop. I remember you talking about this joint. Yeah. Just to go there. In the pub. No, no, right. just a little set of shops there on uh, Ross Street. And, um, you know, we used to buy 20-cent ciggies off him. You know, singles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dodgy shop owner. But um, Tim Callagher, shout out, Catfish. He, um, he used to order double beef, double bacon burger. <clears throat> and then eventually he used to start calling it the heart attack. He said, hey, James, yeah, can you get me a heart attack? <laughs> and then it was just known as the heart attack. It wasn't on the menu, but you just go in there and get a heart attack. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was nasty. That's the best. Man, buying individual cigarettes as a teenager <laughs> is something special, isn't it? It's funny to think. Think about it now. I mean, cigarettes are so expensive. The single sale would be highly lucrative for any convenience store owner. Obviously illegal. <laughs> but, but the packets go for like, what, 40 bucks now? 50 bucks or something? Yeah, like yeah, 40 bucks I hear. It's wild. Man, it's insane. We used to have a guy around a grocery store, long Chinese guy, mm. and he'd sell individual cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was good memories. Man, you've been on a um, Quentin Tarantino vibe I've seen from Instagram lately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. It started because I just uh, saw he was on Rogan, um, the second most popular podcast in the world, right. you know. Um, Shout out, Joe. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was just heard him on there and I've just finished the podcast, just listened to it a little bit at a time over the last week and a half, driving in and out of work. And um, it was just cool listening to him. So it got me on, on track. It was largely... You know, a bunch of his films were influenced us, us, I would say, as teenagers just coming through high school and watching that shit in the 90s and just going, what the hell is this? It's so shocking and funny and gory and rude. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, watched a couple. What did I watch? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. I saw that. Yeah. And then, um, and that was great because I had only watched it once and I just didn't, I just watched it once. Maybe it was at the cinemas and I remember it being good, but it was only the second time I watched it. It was so much better than I remember. I feel like with that film in particular, there's something about when you watch it for a second time, uh, because when you watch it for a first time, you're kind of, you're kind of always anticipating the next thing to happen because you're so, I I feel like at least... I'm so used to his films being kind of outrageous and like you said, like gory and 
<clears throat> highly satisfying and scary, you know, all those things, mm. which sometimes takes away maybe from your ability to just appreciate a scene that's playing out. Mm. Whereas mm. I remember the second time I watched it, I was much more interested in just appreciating the dialogue. Mm. And like from the beginning when uh, Christopher Waltz, the, the Nazi guy, stumbles into the farmhouse oh, and he's, he's looking for Jews. So nerve-wracking. Yeah, and he sits at the table with the, the man of the house and yeah. – you know, and the, it's this the am- Jew hunter, the Jew hunter. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's incredible in that. I mean, he's incredible in all, all the films I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that character and just that, like, even just that piece of dialogue. Or it's more one way. It's more of a monologue, but it goes for like I don't know eight minutes or something. But second time, I could really get into it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you because know, you kind of know what's coming, so you're like, I'm gonna yeah. look at the details. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's a, I mean, yeah, he makes incredible movies. Um, so yeah, the idea was that I'd just get around quite a few of them over lockdown and just watch a bunch of them. I didn't know until I watched the pod, uh, listened to the podcast that he has a thing about making 10 movies and that's, that'll be his career. 10 uh, movies and he's out. Yeah. That was the, and so, um, so he's up to nine. Oh, so is he? He says he's, he's got one more film in him and, and then he doesn't want to make any more movies. Um, mm. uh, what was the latest one? Uh, what was the latest one? Once, uh, once, once upon, upon time. time. Yep, in Hollywood. I thought that was his final one. Um, yeah, I thought he'd bowed out. Well, uh, it turns out he's he had had this idea a long time ago. Like he got this idea a long time ago, and Joe seemed to have known this. Uh, so maybe he spoke publicly about it before, but he he said he wanted to make ten, and that's it. So he's not in any rush to make that tenth one. Goes into a bit of detail about how he writes and stuff like that, and. He's currently got a little child and I think when the script comes to him, um, you know, he'll go with it. But that would be the last one. Amazing. Mm. Yeah, what a what a fascinating guy. That was a fucking cool podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the few times, I mean, it happens to Joe Rogan a lot. I don't listen to his show a huge amount these days, but it was one of the few times where he, there were quite a few moments where he's out of his, de- out of his depth. Oh yeah, you know where he's trying to hang, like talk, <laughs> and then Quentin's like, "Nah," because, and then just starts talking about cinema on a level that, you know, no one else thinks about cinema on. It's just like fucking the history, like film history, just names of films, actors, stories. It's just yeah, man. Yeah, he's seen and read and knows a lot about the history of cinema and stuff. It's in, it's interesting. He worked in that video shop for 10 years, I think. Wow. Some people might have thought that working in a video shop for 10 years would be considered a dead-end job. Look at him now. Look at him now. Tash worked in a video shop for years. Did she? Yeah, years. Video Video Easy? Yep. Video Easy Balmain with Lauren Carter. Oh, wow. Mm. Back at high school, obviously, or just yeah. out. Two, I got two stories <laughs> from that. Well, one's not really a story, but I don't know if you remember, um, but – once it got uh, it got held up and um someone came in with a gun and lauren carter was there and and she had some you so know they had a gun yeah waved in her face and yeah holy they, shit let's go out back and and take you know open up the safe or whatever it was can't remember the details but yeah wow that shook her up for a long time she had counseling the um the other yeah i know the other thing was um when we were in year 12 I, I drove around with Sam Davies in Sam Davies' car with a strawberry milkshake that I bought for Tash. And I, he pulled up at the front and I ran in um, and she was at the front and I asked her to the formal. 
gave her the milkshake and she was like, yep. And I was like, sweet. And then we left. <laughs> then I left. I was like, okay, sweet. What was the, with the milkshake? That was just like a- I, I was already friends with her. And right. I, you know, we, I think I was in a, a thing where I'd buy her a milk. I'd buy her something when she was, um, when she was working. Ah. Oh, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. She probably knows the details more than I do, but- <laughs> That's cool. It just came to mind. Funny, the um, the hold-up piece. We we used to have a video shop. You probably remember it at the top of my street. In top Glenville. Mania? Uh, video Mania. Video Mania. Yeah. And um, we went there all the time. Charlie Chaplin on the top. Yeah. And it was like uh, it was like, like an independent video store, I think. Um, and like a lot of video shops for us kids. I mean, it was a generation of video stores before Video Easy and Blockbuster. Mm, when mm. video shops were really like quite fascinating places because they had an eclectic you know mix of films that were really i guess dependent on what the the owner of the place wanted to stock a passionate owner yeah and you know you could have the cult section and the horror section and new releases and all Mm, that mm. um it's fucking wild to think that you would go to get a new release this would be interesting for like the 25 year olds that are listening to our show if there are any um You'd go get, to get a new release, but they'd all be rented out. They'd be like, sorry, we've only got five copies and they're all ordered. <laughs> so you'd be like, damn it, I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> really? Could yeah. you reserve one? Yeah. Yeah, you could reserve them, yeah. couldn't you? Um, but we used to go there all the time, my brother and my sister and myself. And um, we went there. We were good friends with the people who worked there. Mary was a really awesome girl that worked there. And there was a guy, maybe Chris or Nathan, I can't remember. But we went up there. I went up there one time. I might have been with Abel Phoebe, one of my brothers says. But just as we walked in, a guy ran out and we walked in and they'd just been held up. Oh. But the guy just held him up with a needle over oh. the counter. He just kind of put the needle yep. in, I think, Mary's face and was like, give me you know, whatever, whatever's in the till. She's like, here's 25 bucks. Fuck. Yeah. And then I remember we chased the guy. We ch- the, guy the guy that was working with Mary, who was a fella, we, he ran out and we ran out with him and we chatted. There was no one to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Fucking, a lot but of shit went down in video stores. Gladesville, mate. G-Ladsville. Get stabbed with an AZ needle. <laughs> People think I'm a softie, you know. They don't know about my hard upbringing. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Now, I'm, on video stores, like, I, I'm i kind of going back to watch these movies that, uh, like, because... I've grown frustrated with the Netflix browse, the 45-minute Netflix browse, oh. and then making a decision where you're like, oh, I'm dissatisfied with this. You're not all in. No. And I've been getting this with Spotify too, especially if you don't listen to – and I, I, look, I, don't, I listen to mainly mainstream stuff that are accessible on there, but there's a lot of like hip-hop catalogue that is just – there's a whole lot of it that's just not on Spotify, even stuff that I know and makes me realise that – it's kind of just narrowed me up into this middle lane, but there's actually heaps more stuff out there um, and movies, but you just they're just not available on the, the platforms that are most convenient. The other thing is um, the process of selecting a movie is just fucking shit. The way that you've got categories and whatever the algorithms that have those ones that pop up. So the, first of all, the pool's really small and then it's just it just sucks, whereas... I used to love uh, video shops and you'd go in and walk through and, um, yeah, you'd see so much more variety just in front of you as you're browsing through and you might pick I, – I moved around a little bit, but the one video shop, there was a lot of good ones. The one that I had some good years at was the one at Dremoyne. I think it was a video easy by then, but it was just a good one. 
Um, it was there on Victoria Road and it was just good browsing and, and I'd go in there. Um, we were working at Fox all the time and I'd just go in there and walk out with like seven to ten DVDs. Oh, yes. And you'd just go, like you'd never dream of doing that now because <laughs> you can't watch that many. <laughs> you has got right. time for that. But like you'd, you'd get a new release, something like that, and then you just go, boom, something 90s, boom, a Western, and then you just have a whole bunch of shit. I'd probably only watch you know, seven out of ten of them and then you just return them or, or just have them for a couple of months and then when you pay the fine, it's like 50% if you pay up front. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just that selection, like how you can walk through and just watch. So now I'm thinking I want to watch some old movies again, you know. Yeah, it's, it, there's a discipline in it, isn't there, to go, okay, I'm going to watch an old movie that I know is maybe not going to be quite as like polished or as action-packed as like what well, topical I'm, what i'm craving right now mm. it might re- you know there's some of the scenes are a bit drawn out the sounds not as good like little yep. things like that but you kind of like you you know that it's like somehow more uh, a richer thing that you're a richer experience that you're about to have mm, mm. rather than like yeah like a we just watched how to be a tyrant on netflix mm. uh, which is an interesting little six-part mini series on um famous tyrants Oh. Hitler, fucking Saddam Hussein, Gaddafi, these types. Mm. But the episodes are like 25 minutes. So it's incredibly mm. engaging. It's 25 minutes. Bang, 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 bang. And, mm. you know, and it's, but it's almost like a cheat. Like it's, it's like junk food mm. because they've just edited it so that it keeps your attention. And mm. it is very interesting on a very shallow level. Mm. You come away from you like, what did I really get out of that? Not much, mm. you know? Yeah, I'm craving some, some movies like you know, stuff that we grew up with. It, nowadays, it seems like movies are... Double impact. Double impact. Things like that. Blood you know? sport. Yeah. Like, where's all that now? <laughs> but there is genres missing from back then, in a way. Like, it feels like, you know, there's no um, Hong Kong movies at the moment that I know of, or maybe I'm just stuck in this middle lane. I wonder if there'll ever be any Hong Kong movies again. You know? Yes. <laughs> with the chat, You right. know, with the change in things over there, I mm. don't know if their cinema will be what it was. Um, and... I'm just, you know, there's the movies seem to always want to, I don't know, you're either making a blockbuster or you're going for an Oscar. And I just think of like some movies and I'm fucking terrible with my history that seem like there was just a movie about a very little plate, like a place in America at one particular time. And there's just a story that happens in that time. I don't, you know, like, yeah, it's just like a little vignette of that kind of group of people. Um, you know, that worked at the docks and it was all Polish people or something like that. And it just there's just lots of movies out there that I'm just not getting. There's a very, I think, talking about the video shop makes me feel very nostalgic. I remember when you would go into a video shop on a Friday night, there's like an energy in there. It's packed like in it's there. Packed. It's packed. It's like, oh, it's Friday. Yeah. You know, like they usually have a TV that's playing some movie. Yeah. Or it's got trailers on it. You're like, yeah. oh, hey, guys. Like at the front desk, they're like, hey. And you're like, what do we got? You know, it's like busy. Yeah, like it was really, it was a real <laughs> vibe. You it's know, true. sometimes you, some video shops had like a popcorn machine. Mm. So you could smell the popcorn in there. You know, mm. you're browsing the library. Like being in there and holding the movie and like, oh, I could take this and watch it. There's something very, um, very satisfying about that whole process that you don't get now when you're just browsing multiple titles that could be awesome and you just like you got no respect for it you're just like ah fuck what's that what's that uh, tiger king again let's do it mm, mm. you know what i mean i do i do sad i'm thinking about it now i just love the new release 
area how they had like um, they had uh, DVDs for every copy that they had and they had a limited number of copies and then they had the one behind it which was like to reserve so you could see that there was one once there so it was like this new release is out right now so you'd uh, walk yeah. up you're like oh what new releases are there and then you'd see that they were all gone and you were like ah oh, damn spewing because it's, it's flat there's just one yeah just the cover copy yeah they had the cover copy behind it and it said this one's out and you're like oh damn should have come earlier yeah you know they're all out reserve one <laughs> I mean, even the idea that I would have something, touch a, a cassette, <laughs> take it home, put it in my machine, and then that cassette would go to the shop and then someone else in my suburb <laughs> could go and have their hands on that same cassette. It's wild, isn't it? I could sound like baby boomers up here. Brother, we do. <laughs> get some grays, brah. Um, uh. Let's get into the training. We probably just lost all of the people under 30. <laughs> what the fuck are these guys talking about? Skip ahead to like... 15 minutes in. Yeah. Um, talk, today we're talking about how you can get more from your workouts. And this is training at home, training in the park. For the vast majority of people listening to this show, um, the training situation is not ideal right now. If you're in Sydney or if you're in you know most parts of Australia, you're probably locked down or maybe your gym's closed, maybe whatever. And so your training situation has changed. You don't have access to all the same equipment that you did. Um, the emphasis of your training has to change a little bit. And there's a lot of stuff that goes along with that. Um, you know, uh, some people find naturally they're a bit more motivated to just keep training and do different things. But I know for a lot of folks that they struggle with it. So today we're going to sort of talk about, I guess, just some of, the, some of our thoughts on it um, and including some of the strategies that you can use to actually get a better workout when you do have less equipment and less stuff available to you. Mm. I'm... For my training, I quite like this time because it simplifies things. And I think I said this last lockdown. Um, for someone who is typically trying to achieve a lot in my training, having it narrow down to just a few less options takes a little bit of pressure off me because it's like, well, there's not actually that much you can do. So I can just double down on those things. So I kind of like it. Um, I think about what I've got in my car at the moment. I'm, I'm like doing a few PT sessions, but I've got three kettlebells, a, six, uh, a 12, a 16, and a 20, and I've got a pair of rings, and then I have a couple of bands in my bag of rings, and that's it. What do you got? Um, the kit in the boot has four kettlebells. Comprehense. Uh, I've got a wide variety of clients. As in, I've got a very small one <laughs> and a very big one. Um, so, for I got the um, parallettes. So I'm actually not using it at the moment. Um, and I got a set of rings. Got a band. Got a yoga block. Mm. Got a stick. Ah. And then just some um, 1.25 and two and a half kilo plates. The personal trainer that turns up at the park with the stick is obviously a cut above the rest pretty much you're like that person then knows shit yes <laughs> I, it's funny because you walk in and if you're not wearing shoes you just feel like a w bit of a wizard very <laughs> 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 like ah clink, like, it's, like it's a walking stick or something a gandalf of yes. exercise but uh sorry guys it's not a stick it's a dowel oh yes it's a dowel dowel dislocates of course no no so that's my thing that's my little package which is just basically built off of the clients that I currently have. Um, and then um, I've been picking up the rope from here 
for for one particular person, and I just yeah been taking the rope out as well. But yeah, I I think I'm probably the same. I am enjoying it, and you're probably right. It's in part because I'm like not trying to do martial arts training at the same time because I can't necessarily do it, and everything's just kind of like trimmed back. Yeah, I you know I train a group of um, jujitsu people, mm. my bulletproof group, and um, they're all feeling a lot better in their bodies at the moment <laughs> with the lack of jujitsu, um, because you just you 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 don't you only realize once you don't feel it, but there's like a daily soreness, isn't there? Like mm. you, you you get this too, a daily soreness and like a little bit of joint irritation from that style of training mm. that you kind of if you're training regularly jujitsu that you just have that all the time. Mm. So when jujitsu is off, all of a sudden that thing drops away and you're like, holy shit. It's kind of like if you've ever um, – do you ever notice when you walk into a place and the power's off? Mm. Like if you turn the, the main breaker off in the gym here mm. or at home, you can feel, you can sense that there's like a, like a, a, like a, like a hum that's gone mm. and you're like, oh, it's really quiet in here. And then you turn the power back on and you, you feel that hum kick back on and you're like, oh, shit, I'm living with this like 24-7. It's kind of like that. I know what you mean. Um, but one of the guys actually said to me, he's like, man, I'm feeling like happier. He goes like, I mean, I fucking love jujitsu and I can't wait to go back. But he's like, it's almost like the going to jujitsu in the evenings, it keeps me kind of aggressive and hungry. And he's like, I'm in this sort of fight mode. Uh, and he's like, without it, I'm just like, that's gone. Mm. So he goes, I'm just like, he's even smiling more. I can see. I'm like, is this the black prince? The dark prince. The dark prince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine it, but I'm sure you're telling the truth. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's the less dark prince at the moment. Okay. Turns up with a smile sometimes. Uh. <laughs> it's something, you know? And um, so, you know, there's benefits to having a um, reduced amount of options on the plate for your training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like being on holiday as well. Like, it's a good rest. A good rest from something, um, yeah, intense like like BJJ. Like, I, I go on holidays and take a good time off for a week or more, and then it's like, oh, oh, this is another way of being. I can, I, I have been holding on to something that I just didn't realize because that was my norm, yeah. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll take you back to when I was first PTing in the park running very early Jungle Brothers classes. Story time, kids. Story time, guys. Um, at Surrey Hills in Harmony Park. And I had the van that I drive now. And I had... I, I didn't have many people in my group. I think maybe at its peak there were like 10 people that would show up. You know, it was a pretty... And then, you know, there was like two classes a day or two classes a morning. I do three mornings a week. And I think one of the classes, there was only ever maybe four people in it. It's pretty small. But at the time, I was very into uh, I was very into CrossFit, so and it was very barbell focused. So I was like, my training every day was like heavy deadlifts and squats and cleans and snatches and you know the Olympic stuff. You know, it was it was great. I was loving it. And where were you doing that at? I was doing that all around the place. I would do it at Anytime Fitness where I was PTing, mm. which was not a good place to do that kind of lifting, but I would do it anyways. Um, and then I would also train a little bit at my mate Glenn's gym, CrossFit Bondi. Mm. Um, yeah, pretty much between those two joints. Is that still there? It's still there. He and doesn't, he's still, no. no, he doesn't own it anymore. He sold it some years ago to a nice 
a nice South African fellow named Quinton. Uh, they're doing good things. I know a few people that train with him. Um, but so, it, so I was, it, so for me at the time, I was like, it, my training has to be heavy. And it was like, it's not a workout unless it's heavy. And that's what the barbell kind of provides. The barbell is just a simple way for you to add a lot of load to some very basic movement patterns. Like you take a deadlift, it doesn't get more basic than a deadlift, right? It's the simplest movement you can, you can do. Doesn't you would think. But well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. doing it like technically well, right? Anyone can do it, whether or not it's yeah, good. Yeah. Um, there's like barbell aficionados out there that are like, how can you say that? Yes. Um, but in any case, had to be heavy. So I was training these guys in the park. And so obviously I didn't have, I didn't take barbells to the park. I had kettlebells. But so I'm like, well, I need like weight. Like it's got to be heavy for these guys because, you know, cleaning like for a 80 kilo male, five reps of, you know, a kettlebell clean with 16 kilos just isn't really that hard. So I was like, oh, I need 24 kilo kettlebells. Oh, fuck, I need 232s. So I had in the car, I had eight pair of eights, 12, 16s, 14s, 20, 24, 32. It's beautiful, your setup. It was nice. I had the boxes, the boxes that they went in and everything. And I would have the guys do a lot of simple movement patterns, double kettlebell deadlift, double kettlebell squat clean, double kettlebell push press. You know, I was trying to apply what I was doing with my CrossFit barbell type training. I shouldn't say that because it was, let's just say it was barbell training because it's, you know, it's given the wrong impression of what CrossFit is. Um, and I was trying to apply that to the park situation, the same movement patterns and using load and intensity as the, the metric that is creating the training stimulus for them. And I, I, look, I, I look now at what I'm doing and I'm training people who are way more capable than those folk, right? Mm -hmm. More st stronger, more mobile, like, you know, largely more athletic. And uh, not all the people I train, but most of them. And um, I, I can kick their asses with one 12 kilo kettlebell <laughs> in a way that I couldn't get close to with 224 or 232 kilo kettlebells back then. Mm. And, I, and it just, it, for me, it just highlights the fact that I was applying the wrong mindset. I was going, this is what I'm doing in my training and it has to be heavy and it's barbell. Okay, so how do I make it heavy at the park? Mm. And this is what I think a lot of people are encountering in their own training now is like, well, I love the barbell work at the gym or I love... Um, whatever there's something specific that i love there so how do i replicate that in a different setting with different equipment mm. um, and for the the young coach or the the person who's training who hasn't really thought too much about it it can be really hard to know what the fuck to do mm. so i thought we could explore some of those kind of some of those techniques you can use to make these exercises that maybe once relied on load mm. Mm. you can make them harder with less load <clears throat> totally um, before we go in there, I, I thought I'd like mention um, there's also like different different goals. Um, like, yeah, it depends on, on the goal of the person. Or It's also the issue with having a goal then coming into lockdown and then like what do you do with that goal, say? Um, and, you know, what I've experienced is having PTs or, or knowing people who have specific goals in the gym and – if they're chasing something down, like no one's really chasing an event right now, but if they're chasing something specific, 
when we're going out into the park, like, uh, and if they want to stay with that line, then I'm going to find a way to do it outside. Um, and that's really cool, like, trying to figure that out. How do we get, you know, the same amount of work done, skill work, working the same patterns outside? But then there's also the, the, uh, the idea of, like, now that we're outside in the park, um, if you don't have a specific goal, we might try something new and just work on a different aspect of training. Um, but yeah, when I think of the goals, um, you know, I think of what are people's main goals? Um, and I'm, I'm mentioning that because we're about to talk about like the mechanics and, and the load and the how you get whatever, fatigue and on the muscle and whatnot. Um, because you have like the main goals in the gym is like muscle building, muscle building, uh, trimming down, getting lean. Getting lean. And then, you know, going for an event, maybe it's, uh, you know, getting up your cardio threshold. What are the other common goals? I guess flexibility. Flexibility based, mm. yeah. I guess in our gym, we really push people towards movement based goals. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's interesting what you say because, yeah, people come in, they got usually those more sort of broader goals, like I mm. want to get in shape. Yes. Whatever that is. Yep. And then, um, we're like, okay, cool, that's going to happen, but let's zero in on on a technique or an exercise that you can't do that you'd like to be able to do. And mm. being able to do that is going to be kind of representative of you moving towards this other goal of losing weight or getting stronger or whatever. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, so for a lot of folks, there is that real specific, oh, I want to do five chin-ups. Mm-hmm. Or like fucking JT, I want to do a Turkish get-up with my body weight in my hand. Um. But that's a, that's a really interesting point because maybe at a time like this, for people who have those hyper-specific goals, let's say it is something that's like, I want to do a double bodyweight deadlift. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have a barbell, so you can't do your double. That's, that's off the cards for, for now, mm-hmm. right? But what if you zoom out a little bit, like fly a little bit high with the helicopter, and then you realize, well, the macro goal actually is just to be strong and put on a bit of muscle. Mm. Like I don't, the, the, the double bodyweight deadlift was the, the, the micro. Mm. But so you're like, well, we can continue to get strong and put on muscle mm, yeah yeah you know yep. so so yeah i think for, for folks who have a more specific goal <clears throat> if you kind of reassess it you can you can you can take a wider angle view of what i actually want from this thing and that can be done yeah yeah i guess the the strength thing is the one that can be tough out in the park like um, if you're doing something skill-based, you can, you know, as a body weight skill, you can usually do that outside in the park as well. If you're doing mobility training, you can usually do that outside in the park as well. But I guess with the strength training or, or the muscle building where you need to constantly be upping the stress and the fatigue on the muscle group, and um, then that is the one that I guess we're going to, like, how do you get to that level of intensity and fatigue um, and when I think of all of the goals, at some point there's a strength component to it that, that does need the principles that we're probably going to talk about. Yeah. I, and you know what? It's funny. I've, um, I've come around to, you know, like, like say f- to a quick breakdown for people who maybe aren't as whatever into the whole uh, training stimulus and kind of adaptation thing. Uh, from a very um, sp- scientific perspective, uh, heavy weights for low repetitions is the strength realm. Um, so let's say like three to five reps, like say you're doing a deadlift, three to five reps is strength, uh, six to 12 reps is muscle building or hypertrophy. And then 12 reps plus is 
uh, endurance, muscular endurance. And then you could say like one to two reps is power. So, you know, if we were sports scientists and we're trying to make our athletes good at, you know, this one particular attribute of their training, then you're going to focus in on those areas. Mm. But something I've come around and a lot of coaches, you know, and we hold that. Like, so if we're in the gym and we're coaching a class, like guys, we're doing three to five reps of this, three to five reps of this. Obviously, it's because we're trying to get people stronger at those things. Mm. Um, but the But I've come around a lot more to um, it all makes you stronger. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Where I'm like, yeah, if you can do one rep, great. We'll do a bunch of sets of that. If you can do five, cool. That's good. Or yeah, 10 reps is fine. Or if that's not hard enough, all right, let's go for 20 reps. Like it's hard. It's going to make you a little bit stronger. Maybe doing the 20 reps isn't going to get you to a pure, like it's not going to grow your pure strength quite as fast as if the repetitions were at five and the load was greater. But, you know, if I've got someone who's like trying to get stronger legs and they're just doing 20 squats all the time and then 30 squats, they're going to get stronger legs. Yeah. Aren't they? Like in a general sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's people out there in the the fitness realm that swear by, um, well, that don't agree with the science. Science being studies that have been made. Um, that have been repeatable results coming from it that say if you're in this rep range, you've got a test group, you know, they're getting stronger. But there's people out there that kind of just don't believe it. Like, uh, what's his name? The kettlebell guy. Pavel? Pavel. Like, isn't his perspective a little counter to that, which is he's more of the lift less but every single day type of guy? Yeah, he's a grease the groove. Grease the groove type of guy. and Sub-maximal. yeah. Man, strength I'm, is skill. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not one guy who just sticks with one way either. And I, I tend to see that there's a lot of truth in that stuff as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it really, it's so. Um, you're really getting into the the nitty gritty with that, with that hyper specific like traditional model, aren't you? And it's really, I think, something that was designed for track and field athletes, mm. where it is you throw the javelin once. So how do I increase your power output through this throwing motion? Sure to the maximal capacity or you are clean and jerking the barbell once you get three fucking lifts, you know? So it is, it is very binary or kind of, it is very binary in a sense. Whereas you go to something that's like, are you grappling someone for five minutes? Well, was it your one RM strength that helped you? Or was it the fact that you had good muscular endurance or was it the fact that you were just kind of a good all rounder Mm. that made you strong in that setting? Mm. And I think we very much lean towards that like strong is fit is also enduring is also robust and and also you know moderately powerful Mm, mm. in any case don't want to lose anyone there getting too into it but so here's the thing so uh the there's a few key ways say that um that we can make a, a simple movement easy so let's let's use something like um let's use a squat squat's a real simple example so body weight squat just holding your arms out in front of you and you just do some squats. Now, you see people doing these at the park, at the outdoor gym all the time, usually with pretty poor technique, but let's say that you're performing them with good technique. So nice flat feet, knees are pushing out, you've got the spine in a good position and you're coming down nice and deep, getting your butt, you know, as far down as you can and coming back up. For the majority of people we know, it's not really going to be a workout unless you're doing like 30 to 50 reps. Fair to say? Yeah. And people could test this. Go do 10 squats while you're listening right now. It's probably not going to tire you out all that much. 
So how do we take something like squat if we don't have any equipment? How do we take something like that and make it more challenging so that we do fatigue the muscles, we do get the heart rate up, we do pump a bunch of blood around the body, uh, which helps to burn more calories, stimulate muscular growth. I know the answer to this one. Tell me. Bosu ball. Fucking Bosu ball, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When you don't have any equipment, you still got that Bosu in the trunk. Yeah, you got that Bosu. Only thing I know. Um, so there's a couple of things we can do. One, we can increase repetitions, right? Obviously, you can do more reps. But let's say a set of 50 squats doesn't really get you that excited. And, you know, whatever. I don't get excited about 50 squats. There's easier ways to go about it. Um, the second thing we can do is we can increase the complexity of the movement or the difficulty of the movement. And this is something we do here in the gym. This is essentially what our body weight mastery ladder is. It's an increasing complexity. So say you take the squat and you go, well, squat's pretty easy. What if we make it more focused on, a, on one single leg rather than two? So we turn it into a reverse lunge. So you do some lunges. Now, lunges are a little bit harder than a squat, but lunges are still not that hard, right? So say you wanted to make it harder again. What, what, what could you think of, Paul? I'd just go single leg. Single leg. What yeah. are we talking, like a pistol squat? Pistol squat, shrimp squat, aka seagull squat. Seagull squat. Could be a Cossack squat. Could be a Cossack squat. A Bulgarian split squat I really like. I love. It's one of my favorite all time. I think it's just a lunge, but the back leg is elevated. Mm -hmm. It just places a lot more load on the front leg. You get a nice hip flexor stretch a little bit on the the supporting leg. The skill component um, isn't so high, so you can get someone doing it working pretty damn hard. That's right. You don't need that ankle mobility that maybe the shrimp or the pistol squat require. Totally. All of a sudden, you've taken the squat pattern, you've increased the complexity, aka the difficulty, and you are now doing something that you can't do as many reps of, and it is challenging, and you're doing sets of 8, 10, 12 reps, and you're growing muscle, you're burning more calories, it's burning fat. It's, It's getting you the training stimulus you want. Now, obviously, if you have weights, you could add it to that, right? So you could do weighted... Uh, Bulgarian split squats or a weighted reverse lunge mm-hmm. or fucking weighted pistol squats if you're a real savage. <clears throat> but I think for a lot of folks, when they're looking at their movements, they're like, this movement, increasing the complexity doesn't come naturally. Like for us, we see it. It's a really value, It's a really easy mm. tool mm. to apply. But for a lot of folks, like, oh, squats. Yeah. Oh, I can't do squats. Oh, deadlifts. Yes. How would, you, um, how would you apply a similar template to a deadlift? Let's um, say you got like a 12 kilo kettlebell. That's it. Yeah, my go-to is the single leg, single leg deadlift. So, I mean, there's a few different versions of it. You can go the split stance. We've got the majority of the work's getting done on the single leg, but the back leg there is just lightly touching the floor. So um, you take the balance component out of it um, and you're still driving through the one hip. Um, but you can make it even harder just by, by taking that foot off. Most people aren't ready for that. They're not ready for this. Yeah. But yeah, full single leg deadlift. Full single leg deadlift, sure. I like that. I used an exercise in the park today that's reminiscent of one of your lift programs, I think. Mm. Uh, The single leg hinge jump. I love that one. Yeah, which is a single leg deadlift without Mm. weight, but because it's it's plyometric, so you have to jump and Mm. then you've got to catch the landing. So Mm. it's like there's balance involved, there's explosiveness involved. It makes it real fucking hard. You get a burn out of that. Yeah. Like easy. I had, uh, I had Pillen, one of my guys, I had him do um, four sets of single leg deadlifts with a 12 kilo kettlebell. 
Mm. Uh, sorry, with a 16. And for him, the balance was a factor and keeping a good back position. So we really had to dial in the technique. Here's the thing, guys. When you make the movement more complex, there's a, it becomes more technical. There's more considerations from a technique perspective, which is why the movement's harder. And that, that kind of means you have to work harder at it. It's not, mm. You can't just fudge your way through. Uh, but I had him do four sets of 10 reps there. And then I had him do four sets of 10 reps of the single leg hinge jump. And that's mm. like... That's eight working sets, hamstrings, glutes, mm. muscles of the lower back. That's mm. a great lower body workout. Mm. Um, it's good when you have like that, 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 that kettlebell that's like someone at home might have gotten like, oh, I can only buy one kettlebell or what, what, which one do I get? Or I get two. They get kind of a lighter one and then a moderately heavy one. And even the moderately heavy one doesn't do much when you're doing a bodyweight squat. It's like if you if have a 16 or 20 kilo kettlebell you're doing the bodyweight squat still doesn't get you there. But as soon as you raise that back leg up and you're doing like single-legged, like with the Bulgarian split squat, for instance, and you're front-racking one 20-kilo kettlebell, I mean, you only need to go to 10 reps and you're dying. Yeah. Um, so like the combination of having a lot, like if you can have a load, it's really great. And then it doesn't take long if you're going to change the movement and make it more complex to, together. And you're in that zone really quickly. Yeah, it's like both roads are going back in towards the same place yeah, and it yeah. just gets harder. Yeah, and it just means booty gains. Booty gains. <laughs> uh, let's be honest while we're all here. <laughs> the, um, the amount of booty gains I've seen at the oh, the shit at the parks are so good to watch. Oh, like just in other se people's sessions that are going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a girl down there that is just clearly all about booty gains. It's really funny just because every session. Sophie PT? <laughs> no, shouts. <laughs> Sup, girl? No, it, but it's 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 just funny because it's like every day, every session, she's literally just working the same area, hip which thrusts, is, which is jump yeah. lunges. No, it's I just find it, and it's a great movement, but it's like my favorite one to laugh at, which is the three quarter back step with the band between your ankles. The three quarter back step, something like this. Oh yeah, yeah like that. Yeah, right. It's like you. You're kind of stepping backwards in a three-quarter yeah. with a band between your ankles. Yes. And you have to stay nice and rigid. And it's just – I just find that really funny because it looks like the they're – Yeah, and it just looks like they're waiting for like someone – a present or something because the stance is like that. <laughs> Mate, the, um, <laughs> the advancement in glute training in recent years due to Instagram influence and whatnot is just off the charts. Mm. Uh, it's actually raised the standard of – lower body strength training on the whole, I would say. Like, must, you know, that's a must. good exercise. you got some PT in the park doing it. Mm. Um, you know, you, can, you look at, like I saw some guy on Instagram who was like posting stories about his clients and it was like training session and, it, and all it is is girls who are like between, I don't know, like 20 and 24 and all they do is like lunges, glute bridges, those things. Like it's just a, a butt session every day. Well, that's what this girl does. And she hits it from every angle. And I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that one before. That's actually a good movement. You know? And I was like, I'm going to use that. Steal some shit. Yeah. But the right, like potentially in the <laughs> past, that, that style of coach yes. would have just been doing some dog shit functional training BOSU ball exercise that they mm. saw. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. So maybe it's come a long way for them. Um, so we've got options there, right? Uh, another technique we have or another thing we can do is to slow the tempo down. And this is not... This doesn't come to people because this is hard. This requires discipline. But let's say, and I would encourage people to try this. Let's say you're doing the bodyweight squat. 
try your body weight squat now and count 10 seconds on the way down and 10 seconds on the way up. So it's a 20 second rep. I can guarantee you that after like five to 10 reps of that, you will be smoked. Now, if we're talking about that same thing, if you've got a little bit of weight, you apply a little bit of weight to that. Maybe you don't have to go 10 seconds. You could just go five. But, but using a slower tempo is going to place the muscle under tension for a longer period of time per rep, which means that per set, there's more time under tension. And not to get too technical, but this is going to fatigue the muscle more. It's going to elicit more gains. Absolutely. You fuck with tempo much? Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, um, I guess what, yeah, with the tempo, because we've kind of talked about um, mechanical advantage or disadvantage with like changing the complexity of it. Um, and then going to the tempos, when I look at tempos and then you were talking about like reps, you can just add reps. Um, I see them as like all the, the variables and then the actual amount of load. So, yeah, I, I definitely do that and I'll, I'll do all of those options into one where I need to um, for someone. So yeah, we'll, I'll do the slow tempo squats and I'll also do them for high reps and then we'll do slow tempo single leg work. It Totally. I definitely use it all the time um, and now more than ever. Um, it does great things um, outside. Even when we're in the gym, we do slow tempo for different reasons. But yeah, slow tempo will definitely get you there. Requires a little bit of concentration, kids. 10 seconds. And I don't want to do a body weight squat for 10 seconds. Oh, dude. Ten sec- I mean, 10 seconds on the way down, 10 seconds on the way up is fucking hard. It sucks. Because w- what it teaches you training like that is uh, it teaches you how much we rely on our stretch reflex to come up out of a movement. Totally. The stretch reflex for folks is like this cool thing that happens in your body and your muscles where you go down into your end range and there's like a stretch loading of the tissues that gives you like this elastic response that allows you to pop back out of it. Mm. So if you think about going down in a squat and then you go boop and you pop back out of the squat, stand up. Whereas if you say 10 seconds down, 10 seconds up, or even five down, five up, you restrict the stretch reflex and all of a sudden it's just pure muscular tension Mm. and it's fatiguing, isn't it? Like it's really fatiguing, which is why it needs focus. Especially when you add that pause in the bottom. Oh, yes. So you can do the 10 seconds down. You can do fucking 10 seconds on the bottom if you want and then 10 seconds up. I mean, a more maybe a more moderate place for folks, and I think a tempo we like a lot is four down, one hold, and then if we're talking like, man, you're doing squats and you got no extra weight, try four seconds up. So it's four down, hold for one, come up for four, and then go straight back down. Mm-hmm. There's another, there's another one here that we got, the bodybuilding classic, the favorite, and also good for tendon conditioning, partial repetitions. Tell me about it, Joe. Well, partial reps. So uh, let's say it's the squat we're talking about. And you, instead of going down all the way and then coming all the way back up, you could go down all the way and then you could come up half the way and then you could go down again. Okay. And then you could come back to the top. So you've just got like a W. You've gone down, halfway up, down, back to the top. Now you've added, again, more tension. But by stopping the movement partway through, you increase the load on the connective tissues at that specific angle, which I've learned is beneficial for rehab. Which, you know, and and if you think like, if you're not rehabbing an injury, it's just good for conditioning and making your ligaments and tendons stronger. So it's good for the knees, it's good for the elbows, shoulders, etc. I really like to do this one, say, with push-ups. We experienced this with the the Persian yoga workshop. 
mm. where they do a lot of partial repetitions of things. Mm. It's built in, but it, like especially the Shenna, the push-up board, mm. it's you're fucking dying because it's like these partial repetitions and also high reps and also changing the angle constantly that makes a simple movement like a push-up incredibly, incredibly challenging. That's a good. That's a good way of doing it. Yeah, I've been using that. I was using that with with Janet the the one and one quarter squats, which is you know the partials as well. Um, but I haven't actually applied it to anything else really. I'm a big fan of the the partials with the squat because of the specific knee angle and just like you said about the knees, it's really good for jumping and and getting strong right in that spot. So it's good to hang out there more and get stronger there. But I never thought about it. I haven't really used it for um, for push pull or anything like that. Partial reps, and you know, I just never. But that's cool. It's a beauty. I mean, it's kill a, some people with that next week. Perhaps. Yeah, Thanks. it's a bit of a. I think it's a bit of a bodybuilding staple. You know, yeah, they've always sure. liked it. Yeah. Uh, I remember we used to do twenty ones when I was uh, yep. when I was a young guy at the gym trying to get big, and it was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you would do like the, the half. Half of the curl at the bottom half for seven. Yes. And then the top half for seven and then full reps for seven. Yes. It's got to be sevens. Yes. Any other number, you don't get the growth. No. Um, <laughs> but, part, yeah, that was really handy. And I know that when I was doing my knee rehab with Justin Lang down at um, Live Athletic. Champion. Champion guy. Uh, we should talk about his Instagram post. It's a real good one. Um, but they, they he uses partials for tendon conditioning. So he does um, – you do all the way down – 25% of the way up, all the way down, 75% of the way up, down to 25, up to 50, down to the bottom, back to the top. So you're hitting like every quarter of the movement. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. And they would do it on like, he would use it on like like isolation work. So leg extension, leg press, like, and man, you're smoked. Like you don't need a lot of weight and you're really burning out. So, you know, for folks who are listening, apply something like that to a Bulgarian split squat, say, and it really gets fucking hard very quickly. Mm. And it's quality. Like you're, it's going to expose things in your movement that you wouldn't have otherwise detected if you were just banging out full reps like usual. Mm. You'll realize, wow, I'm really weak in this certain position mm-hmm. or I actually don't have good control in this movement mm-hmm. or my fucking foot's all over the place and I can't balance here. I want to try some. I like that a lot. It's more than one and a quarter. It's like a bit here, a bit there. Yeah, full range there, a bit yeah. more here. It's potentially Ooh. hard with upper body to go to that degree because it, the, the, the limbs are shorter. Yeah. Whereas with the legs, it's, I don't know, it seems a lot easier to apply like 25% increments. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, there's a few techniques there for folks. Increasing the reps, increasing the complexity, slowing down the tempo or partial repetitions. And here's the thing, like when you're looking at a good workout um, – you, you really should be able to make this stuff happen for you with very little. Like as an example, if I'm walking to the outdoor gym and mm-hmm. let's say you don't have any equipment and you're like, I'm approaching the outdoor gym and the fuck am I going to do today? It's like, well, okay, the squats are an option instantly. So start with the bodyweight squat. Or if that's too easy, do a Bulgarian split squat. Or if that's too easy, do a shrimp squat. And then apply any of those, you know, push the reps up and down, um, slow the tempo down or do the partial reps like that. There's no one that's going to escape pistol squats or shrimp squats with those um, techniques applied to it. Uh, let's say we're talking about uh, um, more hamstring or more hip dominant work. So you've got um, 
single leg work, right? So even just a single leg deadlift without weights, like an aeroplane, where you're coming down, coming back up, hinging, that's fucking hard. Uh, but single leg bridge mm-hmm. or just a regular bridge on both legs mm-hmm. or you could elevate the feet. So you've got mm-hmm. your feet up on a step now or you know, up on a little wall and you're doing glute bridges or single leg glute bridges. Man, you apply a slower tempo to that. You apply some partial repetitions, maybe a pause at the top where you've got maximum glute engagement. Like that will make for a really tough lower body workout. The thing is, is and this is what I go back to with what, what I was doing this morning with the guys is like, there's a refinement in the training that you learn as a more experienced coach that you just don't possess as a younger coach. Like, cause you, you just think I need heavier weights or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this refinement is like, if you can, if you can enact it, like if you can train those movements well and stick to the tempo and stick to the standards and do the required amount of reps and whatever, it becomes a really high quality workout. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I've got a couple of the boys uh, on trim squats right now and they are smoked. As soon as you – yeah, they're smoked with it, you know. And and it takes, you know, with anything, especially body weight movement, it, it's different if you haven't done it before. Um, there's a conversation that has to happen, which, you know, in the past I think I didn't have this type of conversation um, to what build – the convo? The convo is just about building the – getting them to understand what we're trying to do. Like say, I'm trying to get you strong, um, but it requires a level of awareness when you come to body weight training. So this won't work unless you fight really hard for this rep, you know, and it, and it takes a couple of sessions to, you can understand it, but then to feel it and then get to that level of intensity is tough, especially in the more challenging ranges. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was a bit about um, having that conversation. But, yeah, they're getting smoked. They, they started off and it's very much getting assistance from the, the back leg. So it's, it's mainly on one leg and a little bit of assistance. And, and uh, yeah, week two, they're doing, you know, really good eccentrics all the way down and they're quivering, you know, and they're, they're like, yeah, to get out the bottom. And you're like, job fucking done. <laughs> yeah. I'll send the invoice through. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is, it's, it's working really well at the moment. And it's cool to go back to those bloody basics. Yeah. You know. Because you're almost spoiled when you have access to all yes. the gym stuff. You're like, oh, yep. let's just, let's just chuck some more weight on the bar and just keep squatting today. Correcto. But it's like, nah, let's, let's try some different shit because it brings about like all those different things that we mentioned before, but it brings about like new ranges of strength mm. and it brings about more mobility in, in different areas. Mm. And they're things that you otherwise may have left on the table. And, mm. you know, so, yeah, there's so much benefit to it. Going back to locomotion um, as well, uh, just not fully, but just using that with a couple of the guys. Um, and, man, it's it's so good. It's, how, the, how do they like it? Um, it's freaking challenging. It's smoking them. But it's also uh, a fun way to train. Um, and, yeah, we're talking about a low gate movement. Oh, moving along the ground, supporting with your legs and your hands and different configurations of crawling or sidestepping. And yeah, they really love it. Cause you know, and you know, it's, it's kind of engaging. Cause it's like, like you, you want to do something and you want to do it well and you want it to be, and there's some cool movements yeah. involved. And if you want to try and get those cool movements, you've got to do, you've got to practice it for six meters and you, you get down there and you're like, fucking hell, I'm, I'm, this is hard. Yeah. 
I've done one lap. It's, yeah, so it's it's really good. Plus the ranges is like, um, yeah, you just you don't work those ranges as much. Like your knees are often really flexed and your ankles at its end range all the time. Um, so it's just really cool for the hips and the groin. Um, but yeah, even just as a lower body finisher. So yeah, doing the squats and the hip hinges and then doing some loco at the end. It's good. It's good. It's like, oh, my knees feel really good. It's getting me amped for some loco. I haven't done any for a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't touched it since my knee surgery. Of course, of but course. Yeah, I'm like, fuck yeah, it is good. In the sun, in on the a nice s- patch of ground. Bro. We're on the basketball court up at Boralee. Basketball court, that's the one. And, and it's like begging for loco. It's got yeah. lines. You've got a Yui boom box. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a bit, bit of that's awesome. And Dylan's going all the way in on that loco at the moment and it's getting me amped so <laughs> yeah yeah I've, I've done been doing a little bit but i want to do i want to do a session with him actually that'd be cool yeah what um we're talking to, sort of before the show and this maybe a couple of just points to wrap up on um about some of the changes in perspective relevant to this uh training through a period like this um one of them was uh and this is kind of goes back to that young Joey thinking that it's got to be heavy barbell stuff everywhere. And if I can't do barbell, well, what the fuck can I do? Mm. And I think one of the big things there is making do with less. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Justin Lang's post on Instagram. Yeah. What's the, you know, what's the idea there? Yeah. So you, well, we were talking about ways that you can make a workout work, you know, with what your current goals are, or you're kind of on the same path and training in the same direction. So there are ways of, uh, of learning how you can make that – you continue on, on a similar path. Um, but, yeah, you could also just do something completely different. Um, and, yeah, Justin Lang was just talking on Instagram. He just put it really well, just about not clutching onto uh, what you had and trying to make uh, – take this as an opportunity and a potential blessing to do something else. It's kind of like one door closes, one door opens – type of situation so yeah it's looking at the goddamn positives i mean we're outdoors i'm outdoors i have uh, i'm immediately using the outdoors for my sessions with my people yeah part of it i have to part of it's like this is awesome i can actually do things out in those sessions that i can't do in the gym and i feel obliged to use the space which is really cool there's hills there's slopes um, there's basketball courts. There's basketball courts. There's like you don't have that at the gym. No, and there's no space. Open. Yeah, you can't run. Um, yeah. You know, and you can't drag kettlebells across the, the the field and stuff like that. So it's just making light of the situation and 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 potentially um, looking at what what doors are open here. What because because there is um, you know and it, this is why we do what we do here. Um, we have l- so many ways of training and we enjoy you know seeing other ways of training and there's there's all different types of disciplines and um it helps because when something like this happens for us it's kind of like oh i can do this for now and and maybe people out there don't have that opportunity um and i guess that's the message it's like yeah you do usually do bodybuilding or whatever it is that you usually do and now you can't quite do it maybe look at the stuff that you've always kind of looked over at that, that side of the park and someone's done or at that side of the gym and going, oh, yeah, maybe I'll just bite the bullet and and Google something or reach out to someone and, and try learning something new because 
Or jump onto the Jungle Brothers online program. Babes per click. Give me a call, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good point. I, I think about um, something I've found mildly amusing of late is at outdoor gyms. You see these people oh. come down who are not usual outdoor gym folk <laughs> and they've come from Anytime Fitness or Fitty First. They bring it with them though, and eh? They bring, and they're oh. like, how are we going to make it work here? And it's like, it's all about like, like trying to replicate the exercises and yep. some of them bring like little dumbbells and- Oh, some. You know, trying yep. to get the bicep curls and, the, and you're like, people. you're like, all oh, that shit's cool, but it's like, you can, there's exercises where you, to build the biceps. Like you don't need that funny little weight you're using, and mm, mm. but it you know, and it's and it's all coming from a fun. It's all coming from the right place, right? Yeah. But it's like, yeah, you don't you don't have to try to replicate that environment here. You can just learn some shit and mm. and ask like you can ask someone, right? Yes. Like, has anyone ever asked you at the outdoor gym? Oh, hey man, like, can you show me? Yes. Have they? Yeah. No one's ever fucking asked me shit. N- not often. Not often. It's mainly like, oh, what do you call that? Yeah. Right. I had a friend come down today. Nick Hernandez. Remember Nick Hernandez? He was a, he's a set painter. Oh, from, from Bondi. Bondi? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he came. He insta messaged me and I told him that I'm there three days a week and he came down today. Cool. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, show me some stuff. There's a few people around. If you're at the park often enough, enough and you seem approachable. But yeah, they don't often though. No, it's generally doesn't that happen. There's a distinct lack of uh, information crossing trading. over. People yeah. don't want to cross over. It's like ah, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to show weakness by asking for yeah. help. Yeah, it's like man, I could fucking save you some time. Oh my god, I feel obliged. I feel like I should tap a few people on the shoulders lately and be like, hey man, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you one thing that might change your life. Maybe you're not strong enough. Oh, dude, I, I, s- I said to a girl the other day. This girl was doing these amazing pull-ups, overhand pull-up, chest to bar. Mm. And she was training with a guy. I figured it was a, her fella. And I was in a session and I just caught her eye as she finished a set. And I was like, really nice pull-ups. And she kind of like gave me this kind of smile. and was like, thanks. And I'm like, <laughs> relax. I'm not fucking being condescending. I'm also not trying to pick you up. Yeah. I'm like, you legitimately have really nice pull-ups, but I didn't, you know, I didn't say that. Yes. But yes. I was like, fuck, it was totally mistake. Like she, she took it the wrong way. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's humans these days. That's bloody, you know, they're not, maybe it's more like Sydney specific, you know, White Sydney, isn't yeah. It? People don't want to ask, like you said, um, and people don't want to mix. Oh, that just doesn't come that easy. Depends yeah. where you are, but people are always like that. Fucking people. I've seen a few altercations, you know, at Tarawal. I've seen one. Altercations? Just like people butting heads. Wow. Like a yeah. little verbal ta- uh, stash. Yeah. This booty chick, this chick who's always, she always, she's the one that asks questions. Comes over and she's like, I'm trying to build to my pull up. She comes and hangs on the bar. Right. Um, anyway, she was doing like, like. Reduce your booty gains and it'd be a lot easier to <laughs> yeah, do a pull up. No, that's right. <laughs> um, no, I would never tell someone that. <laughs> no, of course. Just double down. <laughs> yeah. um, but she was doing... <laughs> Perform the pull-up with your booty. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Um, but she was up on, a, up on a step, you know, and it was just simple. Like she was... St- I couldn't, it was in the corner of my eye. She was stepping up to the ledge and some guy had his bag there and she like just shuffled it aside a little bit and this guy just lost it at her came over, pulled his earpods out and was just like, hey, don't you, 
don't don't touch my stuff. Don't touch my stuff. Oh. And she was just so like non-reactive because she's pretty chill. And she's like, okay. She's like European. And she's like, okay, I'm sorry. Like this. And I, I think he was sparked on by the fact that she didn't feel him enough. And he was like, don't ever touch my shit. No. <laughs> and you shouldn't touch my stuff ever. Don't touch it. And then he don't. And then she was like, <laughs> then she started looking at him like he was stupid, you know, and not really. So then he went, came back again and was oh. like, you shouldn't ever touch people's stuff again. All right. So just don't, don't you know, he was just. Was no. she Russian or something? Like she just. No, she she's just South on another American. level of like Cult, giving no. zero fucks. I think, she might, I think she might be South American or maybe she's Eastern European. It's hard to, hard to tell, but yeah, man, just. That's dude, so funny. I know. Guy was like, I want you to apologize. I want you to feel. Yeah, yeah feel bad. Feel bad. But she was just like, <laughs> whatever. So that made him feel a bit more embarrassed and he just kept going at her. Yeah. Oh, damn. There's a bit of that. Susanna told the guy off um, yesterday. She said, I wasn't there. Um, there's a guy there that um, trains. He's, he does boxing training with people. And he's got this one particular client, big guy, big guy. He's probably about 115 kilos. He's not too fit, but he's he's in there. If you know, I've seen him at least twice a week. And he's got some cones and stuff. Um, and there's like a flat concrete area and a wall. So you can play tennis against it the wall on both sides and that's where we do handsets so people train on that and share that flat concrete bit this motherfucker he's skipping for the warm-up and he's just like ah, ah, and he, he spits all over the he spits when Is he's the training. trainer or the client the client spits yeah. when he's training um and it's gross he's hocking it up it's like no, and you can't be doing that especially through a time like this like it's, yeah it's pretty silly but it, Especially just on the concrete where everyone's. He's been on the concrete? He's been on the concrete. Oh, that's fucked up. I know. Susanna told him off yesterday. How'd he take it? Um, he just shrugged it off, but the trainer was just giving a. She said that he didn't like it very much. The trainer didn't. The trainer was just like, like oh, what an idiot type of thing. I don't oh, know. So it's on between you two. Maybe. You're, my trainer's going to have to kick your trainer's ass. I never thought of that way, but I'll fucking go him. <laughs> I'll go him. <laughs> Doesn't look like a very good boxer. I'm like three weight divisions above him, so it's all G. Hey, it's a sweet science. <laughs> the weight doesn't matter. It's all technicality. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's there's things like that, isn't there, when you're training in a in a group. I've found my I'm, – I'm at Sydney Park a lot, and I've found people there largely pretty good. Mm. Yeah, some people are a bit oblivious to things, but but I'm surprised actually at how responsible everyone there is mm. behaving mm. with each other. Mm. It's pretty, yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty good there. Otherwise, yeah. Um, final final point, and kind of further to that one, just on the like kind of trying something new, and I think body weight strength training is like it's what most people have available to them. Yes, it is. And I mean, we've fucking spoken about it a lot on other episodes about how body weight training is inherently difficult because it just requires, you can't fudge technique. You have to, you have to perform the techniques well in order to progress with it. Like it's like I see these middle, you know, a lot of middle-aged guys performing the same shitty push-ups mm. that they've probably been doing for 30 years mm -hmm. and they're still burning out at 15 reps. Mm -hmm. because it's just jacking up their shoulders or whatever. Mm. It's like, man, body weight training, if you can get a handle on the basics, mm. then you can show up at an outdoor gym and you can put it to good use and you can make a good workout for yourself. Some workouts you don't even need a pull-up bar, you can, mm. right? Like you can just do it at home. Yeah. Um, 
And I really, I, if I if I look at the majority of people I see training in outdoor gyms, I'm like, fuck, if you had just a bit more of a foundation, most people had a bit more of a foundation on the, the, the technique, the effectiveness of each person's workout would just be so much greater. Totally. And I guess that's largely what, what we're doing is teaching people how to do that stuff. Mm. Can people do the online program? Can they sign up to the Jungle Brothers online program? Is that open to outsiders? Or is um, that for members only? It's for members only currently, but um, we've got other online programs. Just email us. You'd be open to it, right? Yeah. It's really for, it's more about making sure people understand the right foundation before they start yeah, it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I, that's the thing that needs to be addressed. Exactly. I'll sell it to you straight away, but I just, I wouldn't want to do it unless you were actually going to, um, I want you to get the best out of it. Yeah, of course. I guess further to that, we've got all of our coaches who are PTing people out in the park right now, aren't they? At an incredible rate. At an incredible rate. So if you are listening and you are in the hood, or even if you're not in the hood, because the online program will provide for you, mm -hmm. get at junglebrothers.com um, and Paulie will talk to you about what the options are, whether it's face-to-face -face thing or it's an online thing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I, I, look at, I look at our members here who have come in just as regular folk with, you know, a little bit of training background but no particular huge interest in exercise and they go through the roots masteries in body weight and they learn these foundational movement patterns these people can like, once they learn that shit, they can go and apply it to their training in the park or at home, in the garage. And it enables them to be so much better at what they're doing. And when they're better, it means they extract more of all of the things that they want from it. They That's get right. stronger, they build more muscle, they you know, drop the body weight, all that stuff. So I think that's incredibly valuable for folks. If you're listening and you're like, I need a point to start, go and learn how to do some basic body weight training. I'd say there's a good a good majority of the people that train here who know all the shit that we just talked about. Like they, a lot of them know how to train themselves, which is great. Yeah, but I, I would say the majority of the gym learned it here. Oh, yeah, that's right? what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So we're in lockdown and, and they're doing pretty good and you, tr you train them online, you catch up with them and um, you see them doing it online and they know what they're doing. Um, yeah. It's cool. We're going to wrap it up there. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. hope it helps hope there's something in that episode that will help you just get a little bit better progress from what you're doing, make your workouts a little bit more effective, whether at the gym or the garage. Uh, oh, sorry, at the garage or the park. Uh, if you do need help, go to junglebrothers.com. Um, get at the boys. They'll hook you up. If you like the episode, it would be really cool if you could take a screenshot of it, post about it or share it with a friend. Mm -hmm. Let them know. Uh, anything to mention for you, Paulie? Maybe like um, during lockdown – if people like were in, want to hear some us talk about something else, like specific, maybe like a call out. If you guys want us to talk on something, I like that, um, you know, send it out. Or maybe there was a bit that we spoke about today that you want us to go deeper into that type of thing. That's going to help people out at this time. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, anything, flick it through, like junglebrothers.com, or send it to us, Paul at junglebrothers.com, Joey at junglebrothers.com, uh, and we'll do it. We'll make an episode about. It. We'll rip in. Cool. We'll see you guys next week. Ciao. Thanks, Polly. Bye. Thanks, Panavore Coffee.